0: Welcome to Kibbe of Liberty.
1: Jennifer, good to see you again.
0: Nice to see you, Matt.
1: I was, uh, I was watching you on Twitter, as I usually do, and you were giving um, free marketing advice to to Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch. And I just had to talk about this because I'm I'm completely mystified by the world that we live in, but you are from um, corporate advertising, you know a thing or two about this, you know about uh, woke capitalism, and you know about uh, being canceled for not towing the line. So I wanted to bring you back on and talk about uh, beer, obviously. And and we're both drinking a beer, we not are. Neither I don't and...
0: like not, a lot of women don't like beer. Yeah. I know a thing or two about how to potentially interest women in beer if that's what they were after. They did not yeah. go the right direction.
1: We have we have drank beers together. In fact, we
0: have. I prefer beer to wine. Yeah, or cocktail.
1: So what is, what, what, do you have any idea what the demographic data says about women and beer drinking?
0: No, I would be, I would be guessing. Um, But I actually think I would venture a guess that for a brand like Bud Light or Miller Light or even Coors Light, that these brands are like 80% guys and when women drink them, it's. Because it's there, it's not because they're seeking it out. For the most part, I, you know, I'm I'm totally guessing, but I think I'm pretty right.
1: Yeah, we were we were desperately googling, and everything you Google must be true. But um, the,
0: did I get it close?
1: Uh, pretty close. The divide. I I don't even remember the numbers, but the divide is significant, and and you honestly don't need to be a a former global uh, brand president. No. I'm not spouting
0: any great insight on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the women, it's like proximity, like they're dragged to a Super Bowl party and that's what happens to be there or they have to go to a baseball game. I'm, I'm citing sporting events that they probably don't want to be at but are pretending they like to be at. And so that's the beer on offer and they drink it. There's not, it's sort of transactional.
1: Yeah, well I've also, uh, I hate to admit this, but I've tried the wine at uh, football games I don't, I don't recommend it. It's not no. so good.
0: Stick with beer. Yeah.
1: yeah. So for, for, for people that haven't um, seen the episode we did or don't know much about you, I, I wanna give people context for this conversation um, and, and why you have some credibility talking about these subjects. Tell us a little bit about your your career at Levi's and what happened to you, just to remind folks
0: yeah i'll do the short version so i um worked at levi's for 23 years started at the bottom as an entry-level marketing assistant i would had a couple corporate jobs before that but certainly spent most of my professional life at levi's worked my way all the way up the ladder became the chief marketing officer in 2013 held that job for eight years which is an unusually long time uh to not get fired or <laughs> pushed out as a as a cmo um, and then I was promoted to brand president, which meant I didn't just manage marketing, but all of the product, all the stuff you wear, design, stores, all all kinds of stuff. Research, I ran research, data, insights. Um, and I did that for two years until I was pushed out the door for being outspoken in my final two years at the company about the need to open public schools during COVID.
1: Yeah. And it was it was death by tweet because... Because you said yeah. radical things like um, we're, we're destroying our children, children. yeah.
0: Uh, Death by tweet and one fox appearance.
1: That was probably the the final straw.
0: You wouldn't, yeah, I mean, a bit of a nail in the coffin, but I will say I survived a full year longer after my ill-fated um, appearance on the anger mangle. So was it there... was hard to get rid of me. This is sort of, you know, without, at the risk of seeming, um, you know, boastful. I feel like at 54, I can say, I actually was really good at my job. And people liked me at the company. I'd been there a long time. And so I think it was hard to shove me out the door and the business performance all the time that they were getting very angry with me and asking me to stop talking about the need to open public schools. Our business was like this, like we were performing. Yes. It was very bad in the depths of COVID, but coming out, it accelerated very quickly, our stock price doubled in short amount of time because of the strength of the brand. And so despite the fact that they hated what I was saying because it went against the narrative, the woke narrative, um, I was still performing. So I think it was a a slow burn because it was, you know, because I was pretty good at my job.
1: Yeah, it'd be hard to, to look at the data and 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 contrive a, a reason other than the reason that they actually push you out. So when did you notice, um, so, I'll I'll empty my my dirty laundry from my closet and and admit that when I was a young economist I was um, I was an economist at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and and we had this slogan at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce the spirit of enterprise and as a young libertarian economist I, I naively thought that the business community was pro enterprise and it wasn't until I had spent about six months at the chamber I realized that that corporate America is not necessarily at all free enterprise. There's rent seekers and there's people that want to rig the system. Um, but my when I left a couple of years later, my takeaway on corporate America, particularly the Washington offices, was that they were risk avoiders. They were kind of cowardly. They didn't want to upset anybody. Um, somewhere along the way, it went from risk avoidance to to this more provocative Woke stuff. When when did you start noticing it at, at Levi's?
0: Well, I think when I started noticing it is different from when it started actually happening. And I think Levi's is a, a bit of a different company in that we had always touted this phrase, "profits through principles." It was something I, you know, I don't. Levi Strauss, the man, didn't say it in 1853, but one of his um, heirs and descendants said it when he was CEO in the 80s. Profits through principles, you know the lore is levi Strauss himself gave his first profits to an orphanage in california so there was always this sort of way of running the business that was trying to do the right thing mostly that trying to do the right thing was on behalf of employees and i actually always really liked that and there's a few good examples they integrated factories in the south before the law required it employees got really mad some people quit but they did it anyway because they felt treating employees equally was important They were the first Fortune 500 company to offer same sex partner benefits. So, most of the sort of do gooding or altruism was on behalf of employees to retain employee engagement. And so, I always really liked that. I was very proud of that. Um, But I think somewhere around 2010, post, you know, banking crisis, I think CEOs started to want to distance themselves from the sort of greedy reputation of oil and banking magnets and because we had this history of philanthropy activism altruism whatever you want to call it we started to somewhere around the mid-2010s like pivot a bit and project that outward not just sort of directed inwards if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah
0: but I also and I you know I was the CMO at this time, so you know, come for me, it's fine. But I, I also think the way that we did it sort of made sense in like 2015, 16, 17 Like we re- we had never had a great women's business. We reset the whole thing in twenty fifteen, and the whole campaign was about you know strong women, but it wasn't then suck. You know, it wasn't. It was just a empowering, for lack of a better word, yeah, campaign yeah. for women. Featuring Alicia Keys and with Product Made for Women and all the stuff. But then around 2018, 19, it became much more overtly political. Cause you could argue a campaign that says women are rad, that's not political per se, you know? But when Gillette does a campaign about toxic masculinity amidst the Me Too era, that is aligning your brand with a mode of activism that's happening in the market to profit off of that activism amongst younger consumers. So we didn't really start to do that until 2019, 2020, but it was sort of building there, right? Because it was internal and then it was external and then it got very political. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it started around 2010 and then 2020 just blew the doors off, right? That's when every company started, you know, in the summer of 2020, every company started posting black squares on instagram and disavowing their privilege and pledging to hire dei officers and you know join the fight against racism you know if we don't have diverse companies we're just as bad as the cops who are you know who who murdered george floyd which is not true you're not just as bad um so that's when it all kind of just accelerated. But there's lots of examples before that. You know, I cited the Gillette example. I think that's around 2017 or 18. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Levi's had some ill-fated efforts earlier. I mean, they did a campaign in 2011, which I'll just say was before I was the CMO. I did not run this. Um, and it showed. It was part of this campaign called Go Forth, and it 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 had this scene in the streets that was like a riot scene, and these young people facing police officers down and it happened to launch in the summer of 2011 right when there were all the riots in London if you remember and there was of fires in the street and property damage and I think five people died and they were called out for it and they had to pull the ad but it was this idea that you know championing these young people willing to go to war with the police yeah yeah. you know and at the time though I mean, they were pilloried for it. We were pilloried for it and they had to pull the ad.
1: If you're watching this show, you're probably wondering, is there a way I can support liberty and improve my life at the same time? Well, there is. Pack Crest Botanicals is a libertarian-owned company that makes botanical CBD products. I started using CBD oil to help me when I'm trying to sleep and my three annoying cats won't leave me alone. Now I can just ignore them for a solid eight hours and wake up feeling great. Not only are they run by our friends in the Liberty Movement, Pack Crest Botanicals also uses high quality organic ingredients in everything they make. They sell tinctures, edibles, topicals, and botanical vapes. CBD oil can help with pain, insomnia, inflammation, anxiety, stress, arthritis, and more. Use discount code free the people to save 25% of your order. And if you select free the people as your charitable organization at checkout, a portion of your purchase will be donated to us to help fight for freedom. So like I wonder, um, so I, I would think there's a pretty bright line between um, women are awesome. Uh, Terry and I have this argument all the time because, because I'm still willing to call myself a radical feminist because I have, this radical idea that women are just as capable of of achieving professional accomplishments, and they can, can very much compete with men in the workforce and everything else in life. Um, she's an anti-feminist for the exactly the same reason, but but a campaign that a campaign that empowers women is very different than than this this woke stuff that that you and I yeah. are reacting to, and I I think yeah. we're probably both coming from a similar perspective which is live and let live and 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 I very much celebrate uh diversity and and I I want everybody to live the life that they want to live but that's different from this this one size fits all you must celebrate only one choice in life right
0: yes it's totally different and you're right it is you know in the past, in the, you know, 70s, 80s, the beer ads of the 80s and 90s, it's all women in bikinis hanging on men or being ogled by men. Levi's ads were sort of similar. It was like a sexy girl that was off to the side and a hot guy and who always gets the girl. So putting women front and center with their own lives and interests was, you know, I wouldn't call that value laden and you know, or ideological in, in terms of what we're seeing now. But I think the shift with companies is, you know, these leaders, they want to distance themselves, like I said, from these like perceived, you know, greedy leaders of the past. It's not cool to be rich. You have to disavow your privilege. But it's very much a cynical calculation. Let me be clear. This is woke washing, which is like greenwashing and pink washing, pink washing and all of it. And these brands, they latch on to whatever the cause of the moment is that they think Gen Z and millennials are really into, and they want to capitalize on that activism to make money. So it is a, don't let them convince you otherwise, but at the same time, they enjoy being celebrated as altruist heroes. They're used to having, you know, they have big egos. They want to be celebrated and they're not celebrated for being rich anymore, but they can be celebrated for being these activists. They can curry favor with younger employees, with their own children. They can get on all the DEI and CEI and ESG lists and be celebrated for that. And they also avoid scrutiny from the press when they do this. They get to be on the cover of forums and they get interviewed by Andrew Russ Sorkin, right? And no one interrogates the company. Like no one looks into um Adam Newman who runs WeWork because he says he's saving the world. Meanwhile, his PL is a complete fabrication.
1: Same with Sam Bankman Fried, right? Was... and
0: Elizabeth Holmes, and yeah. um, you know, the latest is this, it's not as big of a story, but um, do you know Charlie Javits, Javit? Yeah yeah, 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 the, the J.P. Morgan Chase brought that company, Frank, she was gonna save all these poor kids and help them get into college, and the whole company was made up.
1: So I wonder, um, so I, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a time in, uh, I wanna say after 9-11, um, the aughts where where shareholder activism became a real thing and people started sort of hijacking um, corporate shareholder meetings, driving some of these radical agendas. And I, I think I think that's perhaps the origins of this. And I, I don't know the origins of mm-hmm. of the of the absolute dominance of, of ESG standards. I'm I'm still baffled as to why. Um, the the entirety of, of corporate culture has to comply with that. But these are, these are the yeah. new rules. Maybe you know, you know. I
0: don't know. I mean, I'm still sort of wrestling this one as well because I think a lot of people think, you know, outsiders think, well, they're financially rewarded for chasing these, you know, getting on these lists. And if that's true, I was not aware of it as the president of the brand. But I will tell you, we actively chased getting on these lists. And, um, you know, I think part of it is within corporate structures, the heads of human resources have gained a lot of power. They used to be considered a support function and now they're sort of a peer and they have a lot of power The teams have grown. When you grow your team, you have a bigger footprint and you have more power. And between HR and the head of corporate communications, they change, like we campaign to get on these lists. Yeah. And HR and CorpCom, they t- you need to be on this list. If you want to be a great employer brand, if you want to be respected, if you want these groups to like you, um, I actually think if we didn't get on them, it would make no difference. Who, who looks at one of those lists before they take a job or buy a product? No, but we believed it was important because HR and corp comp. So we campaign to get on that every year. And that sets a framework that these are the things that matter. So that gets me to Bud Light. You know, whether or not Alyssa Heinerscheid was told to do this, and I doubt she was, the framework was in place that this is what mattered. We were all sort of aware that this is what mattered. I will also say, I think she made the decision on her own. Like, I, it isn't weird that somebody of her level would make that decision on their own. I didn't see every influencer that we, you know, worked with. I would have been, a, you know, a I would have slowed everything down. But the framework was there. And everyone she knew thought it was a great idea, so it never entered her mind that this would happen and that they would lose twenty. You know, they were down I think twenty four percent for just the month of April in retail sales.
1: I watched her her explanation of it, which was obviously given before it blew up in her face. But yeah. um, she she clearly had no understanding or no cultural connection or empathy with with Bud Light drinkers and. And almost, um, you know, spoke of them with disdain as as bros. Okay. I think is what she said. Right. Um, I, I right. yeah. yeah, I I feel like you should at least try to figure out who your existing customer base is before you try to expand it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I also think like their reflection of their consumer that got so. It's less about him and more about them, and I'm not even criticizing. Them. That's what they did. The ads were funny. People liked them. It worked. But if you want to update, because she she was clear. See, I think that appearance on that podcast was enough to let her go. Like yeah. you don't have to say that. It's utterly disdainful, and it's you know showing total disregard for your loyal fans. I think probably from a business standpoint, look, they had lost market share over the years, even though they're still dominant. They probably did need to update their image. They probably did need to bring in new consumers. But how about just starting with guys that don't ogle women all the time? You know, like they ran an ad a couple months earlier with Miles Teller. Have you seen this one? Oh, no. It was exactly what they should do. It was totally know who he is, some young actor and his wife, and it was like Super Bowl and she's on hold and it's the annoying music and they're like dancing together. I mean, it's super cute and it's like a modern expression of what a young guy is like and, you know, a guy that isn't always wishing his wife would leave the room so he could drink more with his friends, but a guy that actually enjoys being with his wife. But it was very funny and charming and appealing to women. Like, just do that.
1: Have you ever thought about using CBD oil? You haven't? Well, think about it now. Are you thinking about it? Good, because now there's a way to support freedom and improve your life at the same time. Patcrest Botanicals is a libertarian-owned company that makes a wide variety of botanical CBD products. I use CBD oil to soothe the sore muscles I get from constantly fighting the man here in Washington, DC. It's a tough job, somebody's got to do it. Patcrest Botanicals uses high quality organic ingredients in everything they make. And as libertarians, you won't have to worry about them hurting people or taking their stuff. They sell tinctures, edibles, topicals, and botanical vapes. CBD oil can help with pain, insomnia, inflammation anxiety stress arthritis and more use the discount code free the people to save 25 percent of your order and if you select free the people as your charitable organization at checkout a portion of your purchase will be donated to help us keep fighting for freedom so i'm, I'm going to date myself here because i want them to bring back spuds mckenzie um, the well i guess it was a pit bull i don't even know what kind of dog it was but i realized before we went live that that spuds mckenzie was actually canceled because uh, uh budweiser was accused of, of targeting children by having a cute dog in their Go commercials ahead. so i feel like you know maybe you can't win because um i'm 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 pro puppy I, I i'm gonna take i'm gonna die on that hill
0: i love a puppy Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, look, the brand is a history of humor. People usually drink beers with friends to have fun. Like, why do you have to get all heady and serious and worthy? Just make it fun, but do an updated version of the fun.
1: Yeah, so, it's not
0: really that hard.
1: Well, let, let's talk about let's talk about Miller Miller Light, and then I have some theories as um, I want to dig deeper as as to why these things happen because um, I. You know they've now the now Twitter sphere has dug up this this old Miller Lite ad from earlier this year, with a comedian who I honestly had never heard of before. Um, What did you think of that ad relative to to the um, Bud Bud Light? I think it's
0: funny to dig up old stuff. You know, I know it's a few years old. um, Everyone's dredging up old stuff because of the Bud Light thing. the ad for people that haven't seen it or whatever it is, ad video is just this comedian who I do know. I like whatever the show was called that she was on. And she tells this history of beer brewing and basically states that women have been brewers since the original. Therefore you women should drink beer. I mean, that's kind of the gist, right? Except she says shit like 27 times, which is the part I thought was dumb. Um, Well, I thought the whole thing was dumb because if I am a, woman, which I am, and I don't drink beer, knowing that women a thousand years ago brewed it is not going to make me want to drink it. Like, I need to know that the product is something I'm going to want to drink. So it's just such a transparent play at, you know, women's empowerment. And then the, 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 the cursing repeatedly is just like trying to be edgy in this totally sort of stupid way. And there's no talk about the product. There's nothing that I would have found out in that ad that would make me go, oh, maybe I do want to drink a
1: Miller Light. So that was from I think it was from February of this year. So it's not that old, but but it was it was unnoticed. And this is part of my theory without any data to back this up. I could I can back it up a little bit with Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. That was at best a micro campaign. They they didn't put a spend on it and they they did this and I was and I was sort of wondering if they, you know, maybe, maybe they're testing the grounds to see if it plays and if they could do more, or maybe they just want to check their ESG box so that they can go back to their uh, social justice overlords and tell them, we did this.
0: I think it's probably a little of, of both, Matt. I mean, the, what are the days when you made a couple ads a year and you go you know, and you watch them play? Like, it, that is one of the hard things about the job is there's this... this, this out and you're pushing content out to very specific narrow groups but if something takes off it is a bit of a test because then you'll elevate it well that yeah. never got elevated so i assume it didn't get a great response to begin with um, yeah. yeah but i guess at a very basic kind of fundamentals of marketing why what about the product I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm gonna try something, it's because I'm interested in the product. And right now, everything is much more about politics than product. And it's about sort of ideology rather than ideas. And if I am, like I said, a woman that doesn't like beer, or maybe I do like beer, but I've never had Miller Lite, I wanna know why I should choose this beer, this product. And there is nothing in there that tells me that. So to me, it's not funny. There's nothing new. There's nothing new I'd care about. So it's just bad advertising, and it just checks a box to your point
1: there there is this shift and and going back to Levi's and I mean, to me, growing up wearing Levi's and growing up um, drinking a lot of Budweiser, particularly before I was legally allowed to drink, um, <laughs> it, they their image was America, apple pie, and just this is us, right? And what the, what they're doing now is 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 the opposite of that. And I and I wonder if if they're learning that um, you know the the internet is a double-edged sword in the sense that um, people people see this stuff that they didn't intend that they wanted to micro-target right. their audiences and we're going to make this for them and this for them and this for them. But but the internet's for everybody, um, at least when it's not censored. So. So I think, I don't think, honestly, I don't think uh, the Dylan Mulvaney thing is some sort of conscious orchestrated boycott. It's just like people are pissed because they saw it.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, you know, Bud Light would say, well, they don't say anything except the wrong thing at this point. But people who are in favor of it and who get mad at me for trying to explain, you know, why this angered some people, they would say, what's wrong with inclusivity? They're just trying to be inclusive. They're just that's dishonest it is touting and putting forth an ideology around gender that is not embraced by everyone and at its core says the gender is or sex is assigned not observed well not everybody agrees with that <laughs> i mean we're kind of i would say 50 50 but i actually think most people think that is isn't true that you are born the sex that you are born most people and a really large percentage of people right now are just too afraid to say it because you yeah. got dragged pretty hardly across the internet for saying it. So to pretend that it's just being inclusive and if you're going to be inclusive, start with including women who don't drink your product, start with including younger vibes because the brand has age, start with like, start closer to the core before you get, get there. So, This was not about including trans people. This was about aligning themselves with a set of values and an ideology. And it's disingenuous to pretend that's not what they were doing. Add to that that a lot of women were angry because the way that Dylan themselves, if, if a brand showed a woman acting as frivolously they would be accused of misogyny right you know in the bathtub kicked up heels giggling sometimes acting like a six-year-old like we don't want to be i would be upset if you know if a brand showed be careful with my words but i'll just say it like an actual woman in that light it's demeaning yeah. and so why is it okay if that is a trans birth?
1: Yeah, it seems like like I have to say I I don't know a single woman that acts that way, and it was uh it was um the way the way that I saw it was a hostile caricature of women. So it was um, to me very I don't even it's more than misogynist. It was just like off the charts.
0: It's insulting. It's insulting. That's not how we behave. Um. But what's interesting, it was like fifth or sixth or seventh in a series of endorsements because it wasn't an ad campaign and that's now how they're positioning. Oh, it was just an influencer. And that's true. We hired a lot of influencers at Levi's that weren't, those weren't ad campaigns. But again, you make the choice, then it's there for everyone to see, to your point, the internet is for everyone. But there were a whole series of brands that chose to partner with Mulvaney before that. And it didn't really kick up any dust so i wonder why do you think that was the one not versus tampax which seems more egregious it's
1: it's probably a little bit cumulative it was the straw that broke the camel's back and 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 back back to your early point why why the uh corporate culture wants to pursue um a good esg score i think i think there's sort of it started off as, as a kind of a rent protection. I'm gonna cover my ass and keep the mob away from me. And now it's tipped where there's, there's an equally angry set of people that are just tired of it. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it's the opposite of inclusiveness in my mind. I think the word inclusive has been um, subverted. It means the opposite of that because to me, inclusive is everybody's welcome. We're gonna to tolerate everybody america is that one place where everyone's allowed to be themselves and now it's you must celebrate this, this one thing
0: you must believe this there's yeah. a way i mean so i don't know did you see the thing that happened with levi's at the end of last week did you see that
1: no tell the story
0: okay so it's a little bit like the miller thing and that it wasn't a new ad campaign it's not really an ad campaign so The CEO was speaking at a conference, which I'm sure he assumed was private. He was asked about the Bud Light thing and he didn't really answer it, but he just pivoted to say, well, we have a non-binary product line and this is really popular right now and it's growing. And then of course that, you know, he said it privately at this conference, but it made headlines and everybody, you know, got annoyed, like it's terrible timing. Like, why would you say this? But but anyway, my point is the product line that he was talking about has been in place since 2017. It's never performed. It's horrible. The sizing is, you know, not gendered. Nobody knows. It doesn't fit. Nobody wants it. It's maybe 0.001% of the total why. He didn't need to say anything about it. Levi's kind of have always been gender neutral. I wear men's 501s. It's like people always, all he had to say was Levi's have always been for everyone.
1: Yeah. That's I- it. It's that easy, and, and
0: yet they want to attach themselves to this perceived set of values that they think all of their consumers are aligned with, and they are out of touch with the fact that for a brand like Bill Light or Levi's, at least half of the country is not, and what they have convinced themselves, because everyone they know agrees with them, like Alyssa Pinerscheid, all her friends agree with her, is that anyone who doesn't agree is like a psychopath not worth considering. Like they are an alt-right QAnon, white hood in the closet, like who cares if they're mad anyway, and they're dismissing half the country.
1: At Kibbe on Liberty, freedom is a lifestyle 24-7, something you live and breathe and wear every day. If that describes you, you need the very best Liberty swag in the market today, just like this shirt I happen to be wearing. Go to freethepeople.org KOL and check out our exciting merch, you too can love liberty and look cool. I, I, I think to your earlier point, it's far more than half of the country. I think, I, 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 I think, I, I think it's probably two thirds of the country, most of yeah. whom are probably afraid to say that in public for fear of the mob. And yeah. and I I'm just, but I wonder I wonder if there's a if there's a tipping point now. And, and it's frustrating to me, again, as a libertarian, like I, I want to live and let live. Um, I don't I don't want to exclude anyone from from anything. Um, but it it forces people into their tribal positions where you know if if you're not part of this this elite woke culture, and, and by the way, it's incredibly elite. It reminds me of of like the early progressives who were who were all white, all from Ivy League universities, uh, all from from like, um, family's third, fourth, fifth generation wealth, yeah. and they wanted to sort of manage the rest of us because because we cause we, yeah, we were too simple, right, to to yeah. possibly do it for ourselves. And and now it's kind of a woke thing where, yeah, where I don't think I don't think they've ever been to a bar where someone drinks Bud Light. I don't think that was part yeah, of their I experience.
0: No, no, and it's the worst. Um, I mean, in 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 to Levi's and everyone who okay. works there. Everybody wears Levi's, head to toe, every single day. So, you know, it's not, whereas I doubt she actually drank Bud Light. And not only did we all wear Levi's every day, we knew people that wore Levi's. We proselytized, we told the I mean, I still have them on now. I think they're the best jeans. I still tell people they're the best jeans. And I, like I said, I ran research. We spent a lot of time consuming and tried really, really hard to stay connected with why they chose Levi's, what they wanted, if they chose something else, but it does become increasingly difficult. And if you have these requirements around values of wellness for your employees, and you push someone like me out the door, who's always saying, hey, let's not forget, then you become slowly disconnected. You know, while I was still there, there were, there was a small set of employees, they wanted to there, Levi's stores exist. I don't know if you have one in your market, but it's a thing. And like most retail stores, one side is women's and one side is men's. You go in and that's, you know, there's a path. So there was a small set of employees that wanted to do away with that and to make the stores non binary, like just mix it all up. And there were some employees that really wanted to do that. And I was like, we're not doing that. That's not 99% of people shop the men's or women's section. And for the 1% that doesn't, then he can go in the weapon section and find the skinny boot cutter whatever he cutter. Like, we're not doing that. But me keep getting pushed out for not carrying water. Then who's saying these things? Yeah, yeah. No one. And they are out of touch. And I agree, it's completely elitist. I mean, Latinx is a good example, right? Something like 2% of Latinos have embraced this term and yet all of the, you know, Ivy League progressive rich white kids are yelling everybody that they need to use Latinx.
1: Perhaps not appreciating that that Spanish is in fact a gendered, a gendered language. So. so, okay, final question for you. And you have to solve this problem and Corporation X hires you. I, I heard you On Matt Kibbe's podcasts, and I really like what you're saying. I've dug my my company deep into the hole with all of this woke bullshit, and my customer base is livid. What do I do? How do I get out of this?
0: Well, if you've dug a hole, you actually need. There's no way out but through. You've got to apologize, and you've not in that mealy mouth way that Bud did, but for real. Um, we are a brand that brings people together. We are for everyone. We put something in the market that was divisive. We furthered an ideology rather than talking about products. And we heard you. We're not doing that anymore. And you get back and run the mild teller ad and create more ads like that. But you can't just skip to the part where you run the Clydesdales pretend it never happened.
1: I saw those ads and they they rang so hollow. It. it I felt like it was actually doing them more damage. And... It did. At least on Twitter, it was it was damned.
0: Well, what happened was they put forth this thing that divided people and pissed people off. Then they tried to back away from it without acknowledging it. So now they made the left mad because they didn't stand by the decision. And they made the right mad because they're trying to pretend it didn't happen. And the people in the center are like, I don't like Bud Light anyway. So <laughs> the difference, I guess, I don't know. But yeah, I think at this point, I know you're not asking about Bud Light like, specifically, but like I think they have to do the brave thing and apologize.
1: Yeah, I, I, and honestly, to you can't really ask the question in the abstract because it has to deal with, with the particulars of the industry, so I, um, I, I like the answer. Um, tell me how your book did
0: pretty good people are still I still get lots of nice notes it's like a it keeps going and what was
1: what was the name of the book
0: oh my book is called Levi's Unbuttons the woke woke mob took my job but gave me my voice thanks Thanks for teeing that that up Matt Matt. I didn't my husband always yelled at me I don't talk about enough um I think it is particularly relevant right now as these things continue to uh, bubble to the surface and I'd even heard through the grapevine that for all the folks that were very angry with me at Levi's, they're starting to say she might have a point.
1: The uh, um, are you? I've I heard a rumor, but it may or may not be true. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Are you going to be at Freedom Fest?
0: I am. I'm so excited. I think I actually get to be in conversation with you.
1: Oh really? Uh oh.
0: I think I think that's the plan.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you really tough questions on stage. Three. Okay.
0: Do I get a preview of the
1: question? not at all it's gonna be all gotcha it's 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 but but we'll, at least we'll have beer we'll, okay. we'll do a taste we'll do a taste uh-huh. test we'll do a taste test between bud light and miller light and and i'm you know I'm a beer snob so it's it's not going to go well
0: beer snob too what's your what variety
1: of of beer do i like
0: yeah i'm I'm Are you a Pilsner, a lager, an IPA. What
1: are you? Well, I'm not. I'm not particular. I'm. I'm. An, I'm typically an extremist. So if I want a lager, I want like the best lager that's that's been no, no corners have been cut, and and those are those are very beautiful beers. Um, some of the German beers sort of meet that standard. I, I'm drinking a double IPA right now, which is almost nine percent alcohol, which is probably why I'm not making any sense right now.
0: <laughs> you are. I like a double IPA. I liked IPA. Well, I like the sharpness. I like the, it's sharp. Yeah. And it has like a bite. I also, I like, this makes me, I do like the high alcohol content because I don't want to drink a lot of beer. I just want one, maybe two if it's not a double. And that's it. I don't want all the liquid. So I like, I like a little higher alcohol content.
1: I got to introduce you to my buddy Jim Caruso who's the CEO of Flying Dog and their their corporate culture is the exact opposite of what we've been complaining about. He's a he's a radical free speech first amendment advocate um, but their product tends towards beers that are 9 10 11% and and they um they they've found a market for it so it's it can it can be quite interesting after 3 or 4
0: Oh God, no, I would be on, well, I would fall asleep after one and a half, so I can't get that that far. Can I say one other thing about everything we're talking to you? I think the other unintended consequence that these companies are forgetting about is a lot of employees feel alienated in the culture. And it creates a culture where, I am reminded of it because of what you just said, people don't feel free to speak up, which means there's no collaboration, there's no you know innovation like it's it's a killer for corporate culture you know and i i see this as i went through you know a gazillion dei training so many people on my team would come to me and say i'm afraid to talk in a meeting i'm afraid i'm gonna say that's lame and be accused of being ableist or i'm afraid i'm gonna say something wrong that wasn't wrong yesterday and so you have this it's just people won't speak and i just have to believe that ultimately that is going to kill any sort of innovation and creativity in corporate cultures people need to be able to talk
1: yeah yeah it's it's true true everywhere everywhere. i can can, can speak speak to a personal personal example example before before lockdowns lockdowns, um, um Uh, Terry and Uh, I had participated participated in in various various, uh, uh, very progressive progressive working working groups groups, wanting wanting to find common ground ground. and I I honestly honestly find it it, it intellectually stimulating stimulating to to, to talk honestly and openly openly with people people who take a very very different different perspective. perspective. And the the more we we did it even before before lockdowns. we we would, we say, would each other say each other to each other, to each other afterwards. afterwards. I, was, I afraid was afraid to speak, to speak up, because up because I didn't, I didn't know, if know if I was allowed to say certain things or certain, things or certain words. Certain and, words. And, and now I'm really really anxious. About it. About like I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure yeah, that, I want that I want to feel, to feel that way because it's not, not, it's, not it's not interesting anymore. If we're not if having we're not an having honest conversation.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. It's really difficult. I mean, the book, which is really, it's it's not about only my last two years. It's about my whole time at Levi's, but the last two years is a focus in the second half. And I mean, my problem that I I wouldn't stop saying a thing and I was always respectful and nice and data driven. And I didn't talk about it at work. Let's be clear. I was talking about outside of work, but I was told I couldn't talk about something because it was Not the right thing to say. And I said, no, thank you. Yeah. So that's what happened.
1: You're proof that if you speak honestly, you might lose your job.
0: Even if it's outside of work.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How crazy is that? Like, what if I had can't, you know, we were being in the vote and do this and vote? What if I had campaigned for, I mean, there isn't even a Republican mayor candidate in San Francisco, but let's just say there was. Um, am I not allowed to do that?
1: That was one of the aspects of your book, right? It was it was celebrated if you were campaigning for the right guy, meaning the very liberal Democrat. Um, but if, if you weren't, that was a problem.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like play this out. Well, and if your husband has a different view, I mean I, I write about that quite a bit that, you know, I was in trouble for things he said and I would just repeatedly say, He doesn't work here. What's the difference? Um But when you when you play this out around, you know, political speech, because one of the things I was challenged on was I couldn't say anything about Gavin Newsom that was negative. Because, you know, the company was carrying water for the Democratic Party and there were personal connections to the governor. But that's clearly viewpoint discrimination, political speech suppression. The you know, the congressman in New York, who I'm sure you've heard of, who was an heir in in Dan Goldman, District 10, I think, in New York. We have employees in New York, do they have to vote for him? I mean, like, how far does this go? Because major shareholder, can they campaign against him if they want somebody else? I mean, it's crazy. If something your husband says makes you an HR violation, how are you gonna get employees to work in these places?
1: I've met your husband. He's even more opinionated than my wife is. Which is hard to do, by the way. It's hard to do.
0: He has opinions, but yeah, I mean, I was a walking, talking HR violation because of things he said.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: How dumb is that?
1: Well, they're they're gonna have to. Like I I I tend to be in a long term optimist about all of this stuff, and I do think that that the customer ultimately will probably demand change, and that's. Why we're having this conversation, I think we have to empower them.
0: I think you're right. I think Bud Light is, I think we'll look back on it as a bit of an inflection point, because I think people are gathered in boardrooms across the country going, oh, maybe we should run that next campaign we had planned. Like, how can we kind of regroup on this? And I think it's not just that the consumer gets to decide. At the end of the day, what you said in the beginning, Matt, is totally true. It is all about profitability and the sort of success of the business and driving revenue and profit. That's what it's about, hopefully in a way that treats employees fairly. And all the banks and all the investment firms that are pushing SG, they're not going to tolerate it when it doesn't work and these companies lose money. I mean, who stood by SBB? Who stood by FTX in the end? no one
1: yeah all right we're gonna leave it there um thank you for doing this and uh we will apparently we're gonna talk at freedom fest
0: i can't wait thank you thanks matt